Welcome to We Chat Divorce, hosted by Karen Chalou, Legal Liaison, and Katherine Shanahan, CDFA. Each episode, we sit down with divorce professionals and industry experts to provide insights and frank discussions about real people, real situations, and real divorce to help you achieve your best life post-divorce. This episode of We Chat Divorce is brought to you by My Divorce Solution, offering divorce financial planning so clients can secure the divorce settlement they deserve. Visit MyDivorceSolution.com to request access. Welcome to WeChat Divorce. Catherine and I are here today with Gabrielle Stone. Welcome, Gabrielle. Hi, thank you guys for having me. Lovely to be here. Man, I'm really looking forward to this conversation. It's going to be a fun conversation. I feel like I I I need to grab a glass of wine or something. (laughs) You know, I feel like we, if everybody grabbed a glass of wine, every, every interview that people listen to would be better received and enjoyed. (laughs) Totally. It's about being relatable, right? (laughs) Completely. (laughs) I'm right there with you. Well, in this episode, we're going to be talking about turning heartbreak into power. But first, let me just quickly introduce you to Gabrielle, although that's hard to do quickly because Gabrielle, you are quite an amazing person. Gabrielle Stone is an American author, dancer, and director known for her movies and television series such as Speak No Evil and Cut. Her award-winning films, It Happened Again Last Night and After Emma, gained her awards for writing, directing, and acting, but she's had a bigger role in life that would soon present itself freaking badass. After the rug was vigorously pulled out from under her when her husband's affair came to light, she found herself falling into the arms of another man. After a second failed attempt at love and a massive heartbreak, she decided that instead of landing flat on her ass, she'd make a career out of it. And and so came the birth of her book, Eat, Pray, FML where she shared all the mistakes, the lessons, and most importantly, how she became a fearless leader from it all. When fans around the world demanded more, the highly anticipated sequel, the ridiculous misadventures of a single girl, and the podcast FML Talk were born, and Gabrielle soon realized that her broken heart had bloomed a movement. It's amazing. Thank you. And here we are. It was all worth it. (laughs) (laughs) Gosh, you know, I think God puts us through things so that we could do this, right? You know, I'm a big believer in everything happens for a reason, not in the kind of toxic positivity way that we tend to see in today's world, but in the very real way. I can look back at all of the traumas in my life, all of the deaths and the heartbreaks and really see how those shaped me as a person and why I needed to go through those experiences. And I think when we can have that perspective in life, it allows us to move through some of the grief and the trauma a little easier and make it feel a little more worth it. Yeah. You know, that's, that comes from deep within because you somewhere down there, you believe in yourself and totally. you have a little bit of belief in yourself. That's really the true belief that you need to, you know, step through that Absolutely. So good for, you for doing that. Yeah. Yeah. This is going to be a fun talk. I could tell I already got my <laughs> joint juices going. <laughs> <laughs> So what, what, Gabrielle, what was the period of time I just read about? Like, so from when you were acting and writing in those films to, you know, the movement, as, as we say. So 
the book kind of happened to me as, as people briefly heard in my bio, I was married for almost two years, found out my husband was having an affair with a 19 year old for six months, filed for divorce, left. And shortly after that met a man who's a pretty well-known Hollywood actor, fell madly in love with each other and just had this whirlwind romance that was like zero to 100. And he convinced me to go on a month long trip to Italy with him. 48 hours before we were getting on the plane, he told me he needed to go by himself and broke up with me. And I was absolutely devastated. Like he broke my heart, like my ex-husband never could have done. And I was sitting at my mother's house on my bed because that's where you move when you're 28 and you get divorced (laughs) and uh, with a bottle of wine and a pool of tears and was like, well, I can either stay at home heartbroken or I can go travel Europe for a month by myself. So I took a backpack and I did six countries over the span of the month. And that's where I wrote Eat, Pray, FML. So from the time that I found out about the affair to the time I came home from Europe, that was a three month period. It was like back to back to back of like, I mean, I had friends calling me going, we're just checking in to see what's happening in this week's update of Gabrielle's Netflix life show. Um, Cause it was insane. It just was like nonstop one thing after another. Um, so it was a three month period of my life that that all took place over. What gave you the um, confidence or just the power to actually pack your bag and say, I'm going to Europe by myself? And where do you go and what do you do? You just plan it and stay longer on a whim? Well, it, it helped that it was already packed. So I just didn't have to unpack my bag because it was <laughs> that late, that short of notice. Um, but I knew that that was the only kind of decision to make. Like the other option was to stay at home and watch this man that just broke my heart go like take this amazing trip by himself. And I was like, I've always wanted to go to Europe. Like the universe is clearly making me go face some of these like long stemming fears that I've had for a very, very long time head on. Um, and it it all made a lot of sense to me. That didn't make it any easier. It still sucked. And I was so incredibly heartbroken, but I knew that it was all happening for a reason and whatever I was going to learn on this trip was going to be really life-changing for me. I had no plans and I'm very type A. So for me, that's like absolutely unheard of. Um, But I, I got on the plane. I knew that our ticket was from Los Angeles to London and then from London to Rome. So I stayed in London and he went on to Rome. And luckily I had a girlfriend that I went to high school with that lived in London at the time. And she was like, you can stay with me until you figure out what you're going to do next. And I really just did the whole trip. Like I would book my next destination whenever I was in the country I was currently in. And it was very freeing in a lot of ways. And I think solo travel has a tendency to really give that gift to people. Yeah. Scary too. Oh, it was terrifying. The only thing I knew on the plane about solo travel was like people stay in hostels and there's a horror movie about them and they get brutally murdered in it. Like, I'm surprised your mother didn't hop on the airplane with you. (laughs) She definitely, we had, we had the talk and she's like, you know, you don't have to do this. You don't have to go. And I was like, yeah, I know. But like I do. (laughs) So you were on the plane with your boyfriend at the time to London ex-boyfriend yes your ex-boyfriend yeah yeah like next to him in the row all 10 hours all 10 hours that's amazing that is amazing that's that's great that's a great that's a great flight (laughs) even though it It, wasn't great but it's a great 
way to say, F you, here I am. And I don't need you to get on this airplane. I could get onto this airplane all by myself. Yeah, it was definitely a surreal experience. I think when people read the book, they see kind of what the relationship was like and why that was not so crazy of, of us to do. But yeah, I mean, it was it was a very interesting start to a life changing trip. Yeah. So it was kind of like the first step of you taking your power back. Right. And that's what you talk about a lot. I think after any divorce or breakup or heartbreak, there's a time where you have to like grieve it. And then there's a time where you have to consciously decide, okay, I'm going to take my power back now. Um, Because so often we choose, whether it's consciously or subconsciously, to give our power away to other people. Um, whether that's a man or a boss or a parental figure. And it can be such a life-defining moment when you choose to take that power back. So for me, this whole trip after the affair and the divorce and this new heartbreak, which was what I was really heartbroken about, um, it, it was like reclaiming all of that because I had given so many different pieces of myself away to these circumstances that I didn't even know who I was anymore. So this trip really was like, let's go rediscover who I am as an individual, who I am by myself, learn how to be okay by myself, and really learn how to take that power back. Yeah, which is, I mean, you say it very confidently, and it's a lot of work to be able to do that. I mean, in our world, we see it in the financial world, right? So people have that same control. They give away that piece exactly as you say it. You know, mm-hmm. you, you raise your kids, you let your spouse do all of that. And then they stay in these relationships or they're afraid to take that step. Like you get her on that airplane. So many people can't take that step to even go through the divorce process. Even when they're blindsided, they still want to stay there because of the insecurity of not knowing, not having yeah. any financial and I, knowledge. I have a lot of of readers and listeners that have reached out to me over the years and said, you know, like, I want to leave, but I, it's either the reasons are for the kids or because it's financial or I'm too scared to start all over. And my answer is always like, look, if it's about the kids, your kids are going to pick up on the fact that you're miserable. So why would you want to raise them in a house where you're unhappy and you're not living to your fullest potential as opposed to living in a split home situation where you're thriving, like they would much rather see you happy and you deciding to choose you and give them that lesson to to learn. And as far as the financial stuff, I was financially devastated after my divorce. Like I sunk money into hiring a lawyer, ended up seeing nothing from any of that. I sold my ring to afford to take this trip which when you're solo traveling can be done for wildly less than you think. I think my whole Europe trip, the whole month was like around $5,000, which was covered by me selling my, uh, my wedding ring. (laughs) So I, I understand that part as well, but there's always ways that you can figure it out. It's the bottom line for me is it's never worth staying in something that is unhealthy and unhappy. Like there are ways to figure it out. There are ways to like break free from that. And I always, if you are truly unhappy, advocate that people do that. Oh, I totally support the whole entire statement because it is true. If there's a will, there's a way. Yeah, absolutely. So Gabrielle, I'm wondering, you said you sunk a lot of money into your attorney, which 
probably 90% of divorced people do. So based on your experience, what did you hope you would gain from that? What were you hoping that person would do for you? And then it didn't happen because I think what you're going to say is what most people hope they're going to gain from sinking that money into that relationship. Yeah. Um, so we were only married for almost two years. Mm-hmm. Um, we're also in California, which is a no fault state. Um, I met with a couple of different attorneys. The one I ended up going with was like, look, even with all the facts of the situation, like we, ha- we didn't own property together. We both were leasing our own separate cars. Our house was rented. Like it should have been a very easy cut and dry process. The attorney that I had met with was like, you're entitled to half of what's in um, his savings account because that's the account that was, you know, being used to kind of like, what's the right word? I was still expenses, marital expenses, but like I was still paying half of the rent. I was paying all of my individual bills. And then I was also told by this attorney that anything he spent on the affair, um, that I was entitled to half of that as like compensation. I don't quote me on this. I'm just saying like what my Mm -hmm. friends told me. I have no idea if this is actually accurate. I know that I didn't see a dime (laughs) from it. Um, But for me, I was like, you know, that's that's well worth it to move forward with the divorce process. He decided to hire a criminal defense attorney um, who was a family friend. So while I was paying a family law attorney, he was not paying anything. And like the circles, like the emails that were going back and forth, my attorney was like, what is happening? Like, I feel like I'm arguing with an 11 year old. (laughs) Um, So it was really overly complicated. Um, It was, it was way messier than it needed to be. It should have been very easy right before we were like ready to like sign all the papers. I remember that we got an email from his attorney saying, okay, he's going to sign, but the last thing he's asking for is for her to send the ring back. (laughs) <laughs> Which like the audacity of like to even ask like after like, A, that's a gift that you give someone to like mm-hmm. commit to them. B, you broke that commitment. And C, I already sold it and went to Europe. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say that. I was going to say, C, you, need to, you needed to go to Europe. <laughs> yeah. Um, so it, we ended up like eventually signing the papers. It, um, it was rather quick. Um, I filed in... July of 2017. And it was finalized, I believe, in like May or June of 2018. So it didn't take create like a crazy amount of time. It was just very dramatic how he tried to kind of like do the whole process when it didn't need to be. Yeah. So true. And that happens all the time. All the time. It's a tactic. Uh, for one spouse or the other to take that approach to bleed, bleed the money out so that there's nothing to divide because somehow that makes them feel better. Yeah. He also, there was also a time where he, cause he had gone into debt on the sports company that he was involved with, I think around 60 to 70,000. And a majority of that was accured from his affair. 
Um, so he was literally, you know, taking money from these uh, these families that were paying to have their kids on the sports team and then going to use it on, you know, a, an extramarital affair. Um, and at one point he he said to me, well, you're lucky because I could come after you for half of that, but I'm not going to because it's just a headache. And I was like, I mean, really, if you if you're getting if you owe sixty thousand dollars, you're not gonna just be like, it's fine, it's a headache. You're right. I don't need her to pay half of that. Like you have no legs to stand on, is what right. you're really saying. Um, so it was just a lot of manipulation tactics. Um, and you know, I I now know looking back on the situation what a narcissist he was and what a sociopath he has become. And I don't use those words lightly. I know they're thrown around a lot on the internet today. And, you know, it dates back to him being jealous of my acting career and not secure in that and saying things to me like, well, if you want to keep acting, you have to pay for half the rent and you have to pay all your bills. But if you want to give that up, I'll take care of everything and you can just be a housewife like trying to financially control me even that early on. Um, so it wasn't surprising to me when the divorce happened that it was a lot of, you know, financial scare tactics. Well, when he made that comment, when you're married, you were married, did it even register in your mind that this comment is not really a good comment? You know, now looking back, you see it and you say, holy shit, I can't believe that he would say that to me. And I actually sat through that conversation. But 100%. there are so many people listening to us right now that maybe they're saying, oh my gosh, I think I just had that same conversation. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I don't think, I think in the moment I rationalized it because we were going through so many issues around my career. Like we were in therapy for him not being comfortable when I went away on set or if there were like male co-stars or God forbid I had to do a kissing scene. Like it was hell to pay for that. So I think I rationalized it around, you know, oh, he just, you know, would love for me to not have this part of my life and then would be willing to like take care of everything, which is so toxic that I even wouldn't have that knee jerk reaction of like, are you kidding? This is that's insane to say to someone like, hey, give up your dreams and I'll pay for everything. No big deal. Um, so looking back on it now, I know that that was the beginning of him trying to have a more manipulative financial control over me. Yeah, that's a blessing in disguise that you got away from that. It's a sad oh thing to get away from it. But now, oh gosh, you know, you'll be so, especially so young, right? Um, I, so I literally wake up every day and I'm like, thank you for my my beautiful relationship. Thank you for my friends and family. Thank you to that, that I did not have children with my ex-husband. <laughs> like it's <laughs> very, very thankful that I got out of that relationship when I did. So going through those two relationships and going away for that month, what do you take? What What's different now? I think I've always had this really big fear of abandonment. Um, I lost my dad pretty tragically when I was six years old. I walked in and found mm -hmm. him dead on the, uh, on the floor from a heart attack. Mm -hmm. And it created this fear of abandonment in me. And this, when I love someone, they leave. That was reinstilled in me when I lost my high school sweetheart in a car accident when I was 18. And I was subconsciously then taking this fear of abandonment and attracting men into my life that were going to prove me right. So I attracted my ex-husband, 
who abandoned me in one of the most heinous ways possible. And then I attracted the man after who literally physically abandoned me before we were getting on this plane. And it wasn't until this solo trip where the universe was like, okay, we're going to go face all that bullshit head on and you're going to learn how to be alone and how to love yourself that I really discovered I'm never truly abandoned because I will never abandon myself. And for me, that was such a life-changing lesson that I learned on that trip that I was able to start healing some of those abandonment wounds so that I was then in the future able to attract people who were never going to play that fear out for me again. I'm so proud of you. Thank you. Seriously, I'm just really proud of you because um, it's really hard to teach girls to be like that. I'm, I'm, you know, Karen and I are A-type of personalities as you are and have daughters who have A-type of personalities, which are a curse and a blessing at times, we know. Yes. But, <laughs> but, but to be able to do that um, is just really inspirational um, and something that really should be, be really brought out. That's why I like doing this podcast with you is to you know, we're not talking a lot about financials here, but just that strength bleeds into financials because it's happier world, right? Is dealt mm-hmm. with financials. Um, but yeah, I, I am really proud of you. I think that's just um, inspiring Thank and really you. very good because it's scary. I know um, you said something I wanted to back up what you said, but I just couldn't get over just being proud of you. Um, oh, <laughs> um, oh. You know, it, it reminds me of that line that we always hear that one famous movie where it says, you completely, you complete me. Mm-hmm. That line bothers me so much because you don't need somebody else to ever completely complete you. You know, you saw it within yourself. Like you're never going to be abandoned in life because you're never going to abandon yourself. So if somebody else adds value to your life or can make you happier if you're happy, mm-hmm. but you don't need somebody to completely complete you. Um, and I think it just reiterated that for me when you said that. Yeah. And I'm in such agreement with that. I think when we know our worth and we know what we want in life and we're, we're able to love ourselves and know what that means. Cause I sure didn't and really like be content with ourselves. That's when we start attracting the relationships that are just going to add to that, like you said. And it's for me, you know, people always ask, how how did you like open your heart again? And weren't you terrified to get into another relationship again? And um, I've been cheated on so many times. Like, how do I like move past that fear? And it's like, look, you're either going to be wildly happy and it's going to be the best relationship you've ever had. Or you're going to get your heart broken and you're going to learn a lot of lessons and it's going to make you into a different person that's then going to be able to attract what you're really looking for. Either of those are well worth it and time well spent. So take the risk, go into the relationship, like obviously like don't cover your eyes to like all the massive red flags if there are some, Um, (laughs) but you have to know at the end of the day that you have made it through everything thus far in your life. And you will make it through whatever gets thrown at you. You know, like I'm in an amazing, healthy, happy relationship right now. We just got married. We're expecting our first baby. Oh, and congratulations. Thank you. Thank you. Um, and I know that like, God forbid, if anything were to happen to us or to him, like, would it be absolutely devastating? Of course. But I know that I would figure it out and get through it. I've done everything else in my life. You have to know that within yourself that like you have your own back 
and like, it's going to be okay. And whether you can't have a stronger foundation in life than that. Right. Yeah. So if anything does happen, you know, you're going to deal with it. And if you're in a relationship right now and you're feeling like that, just make sure you have the clarity so that you can make those decisions for yourself. And I mean, that's what Karen and I talk about all day long, getting that financial clarity before you go on and on with the decision, right? Because it is a big decision and you can count on yourself. Absolutely. And to circle back on the financial stuff, you know, like I said, after my divorce, like I was completely broke and grinding away, trying to make an acting career happen, which is like difficult enough in itself. And saying yes to this trip, selling the ring to make it happen, doing the maybe in some people's eyes, irresponsible thing of not putting that five grand into savings and going and having this experience allowed me to heal myself, write the book and completely change my career. Like this, that decision and that path completely changed where I was at financially. And it's not until you bet on yourself and follow where the universe is trying to take you that you're going to reap all the benefits of that. Yeah. That's so true. Maybe I and you're go ahead, Catherine. Go ahead, go ahead. I was just gonna say your divorce experience of kind of muddling through your response to him coming at you from so many angles that were financially destructive because it did create more attorney's fees for you. It was talking about things that you were not going to ever benefit from. It was just his way of, I guess underscoring all of the toxic relationship up to that time, you know, that experience did allow you to take your power back. And I think a lot of people going through divorce, they want to stay in the drama of it all. And the sooner you can get out of that drama and move forward and say, this, this is not something I'm going to stay with, even though it was horrible and bad. At the end of the day, you know, you cut your losses and moved on and benefited from that. So yeah. that that's that is an extraordinary way to take your power back. And you did it. Absolutely. And I think that so many times, because I know I experienced this myself, when people go through divorce, they feel the shame and the embarrassment and like a failure. And it's okay to feel all those emotions when they come up, but know that that's a society thing that's being put on you that's not accurate. Uh, I feel very powerful that I made the the decision to leave and file for divorce. Um, and I thank God every day that I'm not in that relationship anymore. Um, and I, I think that there's a time when you go through the process that you can decide to be proud of yourself about it. Like you're choosing yourself and it doesn't have to be because someone cheated. It can be because you're just not happy. Like that's all the, that's all the reason that you need. Um, So remind yourself to find empowerment in that and don't let people around you or the fear of judgment, like shape how you're quote supposed to feel about getting divorced. Yeah. I always say divorce does not define who we are. It's part of my story. It's part of your, both your stories, but it's not our story. Right. I'll never forget the moment. I think my kids are probably your age. I hate to say that. I like I say to them, I'll say to you, it's like we're sisters. Um, I'll never forget the moment when they both told me that they were so proud of even my stepdaughters, that they were so proud of me. 
you know, mm-hmm. and to hear that is such an, um, a fulfilling feeling that, yeah. it, and it goes back to what you said in the beginning of the podcast, when you have your listeners who say to you, you know, it's for my kids and you say, you know, your kids see what's going on. You don't yeah. have to tell them what's going on. They see what's going on. So when your kids yeah. say they're proud of you, you, you know, you just feel so, you know, you feel like you did your job as a mother. Yeah, right. Absolutely. I'm so happy that you experienced that. Yeah. 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 I'm so happy you're going to experience being a mother because what a great mother you're going to be to raise oh, such a strong you. child. Yeah, we're going to have to stay in touch with all of that. Absolutely. <laughs> now that you're my sister, not my daughter. I love it. <laughs> my daughter's going to listen and she's going to say, Mom, I can't believe you said that. Oh, I love it. That's great. But she's still going to be proud of you. I just know it. <laughs> Thank you. I love it. Oh, great. Well, this concludes this episode on turning heartbreak into power. Gabrielle, where can um, our audience find you, your podcast, and your book? Yeah, so I'm on Instagram at Gabrielle Stone and on TikTok at Gabrielle underscore Stone. The books are exclusively available on Amazon. The first is Eat, Pray, FML, and the second is The Ridiculous Misadventures of a Single Girl. It's a direct sequel to everything that happened after Europe. Um, You can also get both of those and all of our merch on the website, which is eatprayfml.com. And the books are all signed by me on the website. I also have a journal called Fuck Off, I'm Healing. Got to get the F word in there one more time. Uh, And it's really, it's really a step-by-step guide where I walk you through healing all of the bullshit that life throws at us. Um, It's not only heartbreak and trauma, although that's all in there, but There's stuff on forgiveness and how to really heal and open yourself back up again. Um, That's available on Amazon as well. And then the podcast is FML Talk and it airs every Wednesday wherever you get your podcasts. Fabulous. Gabrielle, thank you so much for a fantastic conversation. Well, thank you for having me, ladies. It was lovely to meet you. If you're considering divorce, make sure to protect your wealth with divorce financial planning from My Divorce Solution. Our certified divorce experts will help you untangle your finances and understand your settlement options so you can negotiate your marital assets with confidence. Protect your financial estate with divorce financial planning. Visit MyDivorceSolution.com to see if you qualify to work with our financial divorce experts. That's MyDivorceSolution.com for expert divorce financial planning. Thanks for joining us on another episode of We Chat Divorce. We hope this episode was informative and supportive on your divorce journey. If you're looking for more support for navigating divorce with confidence and clarity, head over to MyDivorceSolution.com for more podcast episodes, divorce events, and resources for your divorce. We'll see you back here for our next episode.